This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, every Monday, I give one of you 100 bucks to invest in your idea and get to the top. To enter for your chance to win 100 bucks, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes right now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. This week's winner was Matt Walk in Chicago at the DDB Agency. Coming up tomorrow morning, we hear from Bigger Pocket CEO and founder Joshua Dorkin, and he breaks down how he gets 10,000 people to pay $9 a month every month in his business. Okay, Top Tribe, good morning. I hope you all had a great evening. Yesterday's episode is getting all kinds of amazing reviews, and you're going to love our guest this morning. His name is Philip Taylor, also known as PT. He's a CPA, husband, and father of three. He created PT Money back in 2007 to share his thoughts on money and to meet others passionate about managing their finances. He got rid of debt, learned to live lean, saved a bunch of money, and eventually was able to leave his unsatisfying corporate career, amen brother, and pursue his entrepreneurial ventures full time. His advice, fix your finances so that they aren't a burden on your life and then build the life you want. Philip is also the founder of FinCon, the annual conference for the financial media community. Philip, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it, Nathan. Let's, I'm so ready. Good, good, good. <laughs> Everybody is talking about FinCon. When did you launch it and why is it such a big success? Wow. Launched it in 2011. So we just finished our fifth year. Uh, it's a success because I really wrapped the event around an existing community that's uh, just so fired up to be together every year, um, just anxious to get together and learn and share ideas and, and just see each other from year to year. So really, I'm just a guy who gets to throw the party for the group that already wants to be together. Oh, I love that. You're just you're just the organizer, right? That's right. Well, walk us. So, so you found it in 2011. People notoriously lose a lot of money on conferences. Were you losing money, and do you did you still lose money at the last conference? No way. Uh, never lost money on the conference. Well, I, I put it this way. If you if you factor in the time I spent on the event, probably lost money those first few years, definitely. Uh, it took me until my fourth year to really have uh, a pretty decent profit with it. And then now in this fifth year, we've got uh, we've been a financial success as well. So, so 2011, you launched it. 2014 is really when you said this. Well, wait, I guess that would have been 2015, right? When you said it turned profitable? Yeah, uh, in in 2014, the the 2014 event was the one that turned really profitable. For okay, us. great. Yeah. Tell me what happened. What? Why did all of a sudden magically turn profitable? Yeah, so uh, I I actually sat down. This this was a FinCon was a side business for me, and it needed to become a full. It needed to become a bigger part of my portfolio, and so I just basically put my entrepreneur hat on toward it and stopped treating it like a side project and treated it like a, like the full-time business that it should be. And so, uh, applied a budget to it simply, uh, but also created VIP passes for attendees that I think was, was a big win. Um, and also kind of restructured the sponsorship, uh, offerings that we offer for the event. So we make 
money two ways through ticket sales and through sponsorship for the event. It's actually about 50-50. Um, and so just looking for ways to kind of add values to both of those offerings. So in 2015, this past conference, how much did you mm-hmm. make off tickets and how much did you make off sponsorships? We did 220000 on each. Okay, got it. 220 on each. And what was the ticket price? Ticket price averaged about uh, $240. Why do you say average? Uh, well, because we start out at like 149 early bird and we end up somewhere around 349. Okay. So I, yeah. So if you take the 900 people that ultimately showed up into the 220, it's about $240. And you had, so you had about a thousand people buy a ticket? That's right. Okay. That's, well, uh, go ahead. 900 to be exact. 900. Okay, great. And, and walk us through. So that's a $240 ticket. What were your expenses per guest? Like what about like food and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so our expenses this past year were two hundred fifty thousand. A total. So yeah, total. So that's two seventy seven a guest. Okay, two. So interesting. So so the tickets were average two forty, and on average you spent two hundred seventy seven per guest. So without sponsors, obviously you would have lost money. But sponsors are a huge deal. So what did the sponsor pitch sound like? How'd you get two hundred twenty grand there? Yeah, so the 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 idea there is the fact that the people I bring together for my event are all personal finance nerds, the biggest personal <laughs> finance nerds in the world who talk about budgeting and investing and all this stuff daily. Top tribe, um, we love budgeting, we love investing, right? We're all hugging <laughs> Philip right now. We love this stuff. <laughs> and what they have, not only just their own passion, but they have uh, g- gathered a community around them. And so, you know, our our average attendee is bringing with them uh, virtually uh, 3,000, 10,000, 100,000 of followers and users and subscribers. And so uh, these financial companies want to want to get in front of these uh, influencers uh, to spread the message about their product or service, you know, to the uh, to the readers and followers who are following these kind of influential people that come to my event. And so what does the average sponsorship thing cost and what do they get for that? So our booth happens to be about uh, 3000 bucks, and I just took the average. Uh, we have about 75 partners for the event, wow. so that's an exhibitor or sponsor. And so that averages out to about $3,000, uh, an exhibitor or sponsor. Our top level is somewhere around $20,000. Uh, we have four key sponsors between ten and 20000 and then everything else is sort of up under the ten k level. Um, we package up. Some things um, with a booth, so we, we'll do like you can sponsor a happy hour with, and that comes with a booth. So things usually run between five to uh, ten thousand for our, our sort of premium sponsorships, and then um, and, and be uh, underneath the key sponsorships that is, and then everything else is just is just booths. Anytime I have somebody that is a really successful conference organizer on, like you are, for example, we had Joe Paluzzi back on in episode 54. Uh, and he, you know, he talks about how he charges about 3000 people, 1.1 K for his events. So he does about 3.2 million top line. And one of the questions I asked him regarding sponsorships was, is, is if he lets sponsors essentially pay for a speaking slot and some people hate that approach. Some people love it. What's your take? Uh, no, uh, speaking spots are no longer a part of FinCon sponsorships. So they used to be. We used to actually reserve our top two key sponsors, uh, and they would get a keynote or a, a lunchtime uh, talk. But we've removed all those. How do you? So there's, how do there's you no ba- to- How do you balance that? Like, like what if you know? Okay, you have a sponsor sign up. 
Okay, and you've watched YouTube videos of the person they're gonna have do their keynote, and you know they're just gonna be shitty. I mean, like really bad. Do you just <laughs> plug your ears and just say a little prayer and say, "I hope this keynote goes through fast"? <laughs> you well, know what I, I mean, we, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we tried to control it. We even had to say, "You can have someone speak, but help. Let us help you pick that person." You know. Um, but some companies just kind of insisted on bringing their VIP of so and so, and you know, some of those were surprising surprises. Some of those were actually good talks, um, but some, you know, Not were so duds. Hot. Like you said, we tried to have them over lunch, which was a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, people just ate and talked over the speaker, which was embarrassment. But uh, there were no 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 pay to no pay to speak anymore at FinCon. If you if you submit a session, which is a kind of an open submission process. We'd love to see it. We kind of democratically select them. We let the attendees kind of vote on which topics they want to see and what sessions they want to see, somewhat like South by Southwest does. Got it. And how many speakers? You have a lot of speakers, right? Yeah, we we did 125 speakers last year. And uh, and that's a mixture of sort of experts where people can come and sit down and talk to someone at a table or a keynote or some type of breakout session or workshop. So we really mix it up, diverse set of – set of opportunities. Which of your speakers do you pay? How do you decide whether to pay a speaker or not? Well, um, certainly keynotes, we look to, um, you know, compensate in some way because we know they're preparing something original specific for the entire, uh, group. Uh, our breakout speakers, I mean, we typically want something, uh, original, but we understand, you know, these are kind of subject matter experts talking on a specific topic and they may have spoken on this before and that's that's not an issue and so in those cases we compensate them with a pass um in the past i've also done sort of a small stipend Mm -hmm. uh for, for some of their travel and depending on the you know speaker and their needs and my desire to get them there and the demands um in terms of if i'm looking at the the lineup of speakers that our attendees have chosen, and I kind of see some gaps. I'll maybe call upon a few people to kind of fill those gaps mm-hmm. and, and maybe work out a deal with them to do that. And what does that typically look like? You know, we had Carrie Wilkerson on the Barefoot Executive in episode number 12, and she walked through how she got her first paid speaking gig, and now she gets paid about 12 grand per speech, and she's always in demand. Are you paying your keynotes? I mean, are we talking like 10 grand, or are we talking like Seth Godin, and like 100 grand? Yeah, the most I've paid is is ten grand. Got it. Um, and uh, that was uh, what I typically like to do is negotiate um, um, that rate to, to where it, it maybe adds some extra value for the attendees. So, for instance, in, in lieu of ten grand, I might say, "Well, let's do five grand cash, and then I'll buy five thousand dollars worth of your books." And then we'll give those to attendees. We'll we'll set you up for a book signing. Um, so it just kind of creates a more engaged experience versus just kind of a cash outlay. Um, our event is unique in that people do come for the education, but it's somewhat of a quasi organization association, if you will. Sure. And so there's people are just kind of coming together to see each other and network and kind of do business. And so there's less of an emphasis on the actual speakers. Um, um, I mean, it's, it's nice to always have engaging, fresh. I mean, they want that at the event, of course, but I kind of have to balance, uh, you know, my budget with how many tickets I think extra tickets, I think I'm going to be able to sell by bringing in this, this extra mm-hmm. person. And so oftentimes I found that, you know, it, it putting a lot of money out for, uh, a big speaker, it doesn't really pay off. Yep. Uh, 
for ticket sales for me, for my particular event. Well, guys, for other events, I know it does. But. Yeah, Philip, I'm going to link to your website, okay, the FinCon website in the show notes at nathanlatka.com forward slash the top 108. Again, forward slash the top 108. Top Chop, I want you to go look at that because Philip does an amazing, amazing job using the site, not just as the conference site where he sells tickets, but about building community. And, and so that's what he just articulated is that people come here because they think, wow, I can be really efficient over a three or four day period because everyone I want to meet is in one spot. Right, Philip? Yep. There you go. And when we do it, when we, we, you know, take it up a level from that, we give you what I call the, the FinCon bonus sandwich. We <laughs> set you up, we set you up with the FinCon community on, in our, uh, Facebook group, which is really active before the event. So as soon as you buy a ticket, you get into the Facebook group, you get to know everyone. So when you go to the event, you actually know a lot of people. And then after the event, you get all the videos so you can kind of take some of the education with you. So we stack you on, on both ends. Of, uh, besides just being at the actual event, we try to add some kind of 24-7 value for you. And so um, back, take me back to a macro level of the 2015 conference. Total top-line revenue was about – what for about 500 grand or maybe a little less than 500 grand um right. total expenses were 250 so it, what did you you netted about 200 grand from the event that's right that's great and then that you use that to basically pay yourself pay admins to start working on the next event things like that correct yeah that's all that all goes to me oh got it well so. that's great all right steak steak dinners on you next time and, we're together well, brother and, and and the IRS. And the so. <laughs> Damn it, IRS. All right. But yeah, you're smart. And you know, we have a lot of people listening to the show. God forbid the IRS is on here. Although they're very they're very corporate. They should be listening to like HBR or some like, you know, boring buttoned up show. But anyways, let's get back into it. So Philip, if people want to follow you online as you're building this empire, where can they find you? Yeah, hook up with us at Twitter. I'm very active there at PT Money. I'm also uh, with the conference one we have at FinCon, so you can hit, hit that up. Perfect. My website is ptmoney.com, and then FinConExpo.com is ptmoney.com. Yeah. I love that. That's right, baby. I love it. I, anyone that has a nickname, you know they're a badass. So I know you're. I know you're <laughs> crushing it. I love it. And Chris Ducker loves you. So I said you got to come on the show. Okay, Top Tribe, don't forget. For your chance to win $100 right here on the podcast every Monday, you simply have to subscribe to the show on iTunes. Do that now and then text me that you've done that to 703-431-2709. Again, subscribe on iTunes now, then text me that you've done it at 703-431-2709. Okay, now, my heart is beating, ba bum ba bum you can hear it, Philip. We're about to get into my favorite part of the show. Do you know what's next? Famous Five, Famous baby. Five, let's do it. I love it when the guest gets it. Okay, number one, Philip, what is your favorite business book? This was tough, but I would have to say uh, Millionaire Fast Lane by MJ DeMarco. We ju- everybody, why, are, why is everyone all of a sudden saying that? I just had a guy named um, David Abrams on in episode 105. He said the same thing. Is this a book launch or is this an old book? No, it's old. In fact, he came out in 2011, and he actually uh, paid to put the put books in all of my attendee bags that year. What do you I pay? What do you pay? Oh, probably like 500 bucks. Oh, cool. So cool. Very, very cheap. He could get me for cheap back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he should have locked but, in those uh, prices. <laughs> no, but I love the concepts in the book and just a different way of thinking about online business in particular. Got it. it. Got it. Okay. Number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? You mentioned Joe Polizzi. I uh, love the episode you did with him. I'm certainly following what he's doing with his event, and he's 
miles ahead of of what we're doing and kind of really a a thought leader in the kind of content space. And so certainly him. Yeah, he's great. I'll also tell you guys, you know, a guy named Jason Gaynard, I had on an episode 58. His events are much smaller than Joe's and, and Phillips, but he charges about six grand a ticket. So he's, he's raking in about a million bucks profit per event. And he breaks down how he does that in episode 58, different approach, Philip, than I think what you and Joe are doing, but still valuable. Okay. Third, third one. Do you have a favorite online tool you use like Evernote? I like uh, KudaSign, which I think used to be Sign Now, but it's a there's a free account you can get with KudaSign and sign all your documents digitally. Cuda I used to sign. KudaSign, C U D A sign. Yeah. Got it. Okay, number four, Philip. Um, are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? Oh man, um, I just literally bribed my four year old yesterday to stop coming into our room <laughs> at four a.m. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to start getting eight hours of sleep, but no. I know you. We have three kids. I, I know you didn't when we were at the Ascend conference and Ducker was was forcing alcohol down our mouth. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I might get him in trouble. Okay, very good. Number four. Uh, how old are you now, Philip? Uh, just turned forty. Okay, so actually, this is number five. So take us back twenty years. What do you wish your twenty year old self knew? Uh, I think I, I thought I kind of had to have it all figured out back then. And so I would think I would tell myself, um, you know, just stop trying to map it all out, having things sort of set and perfect and just kind of roll with it. What's happening. I mean, obviously do your best with your career and where you're living and all that, but, um, don't feel like you have to have it sort of all mapped out because it's just, just changed so much between that point and here. And so it's funny to have thought back then, I think that I needed to kind of have a, uh, a set trajectory for my life. And it will keep changing, right? Yeah. All right. Well, guys, you heard it here first from PT, from launching back in 2011, the wildly successful FinCon, to now back in 2015, over 500K top line, 200K profit with 900 attendees. He's building an empire. Phil, thank you for taking us to the top. Boom. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> you bet. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you go listen to other episodes, subscribe to the show on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks next Monday. This week's winner was Matt Wolk from DDB Agency in Chicago. If you liked today's episode with Philip, you're going to love yesterday's episode with Jason Zook, where I finally asked him, did going through three different dads make you more creative? 